Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers, hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. I am your host, Tim Harris, and I believe Julie will be joining us here in a second. And of course, this is your only source on the internet for unfiltered full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money now in this new real estate boom. So guys, listen, first of all, I want to thank all of you for making this the number one online uh, radio show specifically for realtors that there is in the nation right now. We really appreciate all the tens of thousands of you that have made this radio show and listening to us every single day part of your daily routine. I love the feedback that we get from a lot of you that you guys are saying that you listen to us during the, your uh, exercise routines in the morning, your drive to work. That's fantastic. I really appreciate the opportunity and, frankly, the honor of being there to help you take, make the most of this new real estate economy. So let's talk a little bit about that because I know a lot of you are listening to us for the first time. We are absolutely in the beginning stages of a real estate boom. Um, a few of you have emailed me about that, wanting me to sort of clarify and kind of drill down on what I mean by that, so I'm going to. And by the way, I do believe we're going to be interviewing um, somebody special today. We're waiting for him to log on, and while we do, um, let me explain to you guys what the, how the real estate cycle has worked. Now, first of all, understand that, you guys have heard this before, real estate does go in cycles, right? But what a lot of people don't understand is real estate typically goes in this 7- to 10-year cycle. So you'll typically have 7- to 10 years of what feels like a boom, followed by a 7- to 10-year cycle of correction, then followed again by 7- to 10 years of a real estate boom again. Now, let's not confuse boom with bubble. Boom means that things are just getting better on a fairly consistent level. During the beginning stages of a real estate boom, which we're experiencing now, there are, it, it, they're going to be, you know, they're, it's going to feel kind of sketchy. Some markets are going to feel really strong, like the recovery's here, and, you know, it's going to just get better from here. And a lot of other markets, it's going to feel hit and miss. You're going to have days where it's going to feel like it's great and days where you're going to wonder what the heck's going on. Why, aren't anyone sh- why, is, why are there no showings on my listings? Why is the activity? You know, all those types of things. By the way, it's July, and in July and August, typically a lot of folks take vacations. So it's very normal for this time of year for your real estate market to actually be slower. It's normal for your showings to drop off. It's normal for you, know, you to maybe question what the heck's going on in your own business. And when you run up against those emotional, uh, those emotional fits, remember, A, that you do have to uh, pay attention to the cycles in the real estate market on a micro level. So then we're going to talk about the big seven-year uh, cycles here in a second. But in a micro level, again, when kids go back to school, summer vacations, around Halloween, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, there's going to be normal slowdowns in the market. So make sure you're emotionally prepared for that. You can beat your head against the wall as much as you'd like to, but guess what? In July and August, it's going to naturally be a little bit slower because people are spending time with their families. It's going to be slower around the holidays because, you know, it's the holidays. So do not drive yourself insane wondering if there's something wrong with you or your business just because it's slower when it's supposed to be slower. That's just how things work. No matter what business you're in, I, I had a coaching client that sold private jets. 
And I learned a lot, actually. I probably learned more from him than he learned from me. But here's what I learned. His business was all about stocking high-end consumers of private jets. I thought that was kind of interesting. So what do you do is he would go and research the companies. Usually, oddly enough, they're uh, privately owned mid-sized companies that were his customers. And he'd research the owners of the companies. He'd research their industries. And what he said was is that he learned the hard way that if you try to sell a private jet to a customer that wants to buy a private jet, but a time of year when his company is in the lean mode, because everyone's business has a tendency to have a lean mode and then a, you know, a mode where it's making money. You're either planting your fields or you're harvesting your fields. And if you, you're able to uh, smooth out the ups and the downs, well, that's when you have a really successful business. So you go from cash spurts to cash flow. But he said one of the things he had to do is he had to study uh, who his prospects were, who his, the folks that he'd be selling to, and understand the nature of their business. So if he, for example, would, uh, let's say he's stocking somebody that's in a manufacturing business and they made most of their money right before the holiday season because they make stuff that people buy over Christmas and whatnot. Well, if he were to prospect those guys during a time of the year when they were, say, for example, investing in the business or the cash flow wasn't as great as it would have been, say, two or three months later or even better at the beginning of the year after they've made their money and after they're feeling you know, fat and happy, well, if he doesn't time his pitch to them, they're not only going to, even if they want to buy the product, they're going to resent him for not knowing the nature of their business, even though, and it's all happening on a subconscious level, right? So why am I telling you guys all this? Because it's important that you understand that you're dealing with consumers and, you know, buyers and sellers. And a lot of times they are going to be essentially uh, receptive to what you have to say, and other times of the year they're not going to be. So the worst thing you can do is start doubting yourself. Like my the coaching client who sold private jets. A good year for him was selling two or three private jets. That was it. He could make three, four hundred grand selling two or three private jets. But he had to, like I said, he had to learn the hard way that to really understand how to make that two or three hundred grand or three or four. I actually think he made close to half a million. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, in order to make that money, he had to understand and study his potential consumer of his product, which was the private jets. And he wanted to make sure that he only was trying to sell to them during a time of year when they were receptive. You guys following me here? So if you go and start hammering on folks to buy or sell real estate when they're in, um, say, a mode of the holidays, you're, even if they were be, would be interested in buying or selling real estate, you're calling them during Thanksgiving week, well, guess what? They're not going to be very receptive of what you have to say. In addition to that, they probably never will be receptive to doing business with you because of the fact that you weren't sensitive to the fact that you, know, you were trying to sell them something that even if they wanted to buy it, they weren't in the mode of buying it. Hopefully this isn't too obtuse for all of you guys and you can understand. So let's go back to talking about the, mi- the macro levels and the macro cycles in the real estate market. Well, seven to ten years. So let's walk this, maybe walk you through this, say for the past, you know, since 2019, 99, you could argue. So the boom began, the previous boom began in, say, 2000. You know, there was this, the internet bubble that popped and then kind of took a step back. But what happened after the internet bubble popped? You guys remember? Well, that's when Alan Greenspan started lowering interest rates. And then when he started lowering interest rates, they, then the government said, hey, let's you know, make it so that the American dream of owning a home is attainable by everybody. So then they, the government started uh, adjusting the types of mortgages that the Fannie and Freddie would insure. In other words, would purchase uh, from the banks. And then the banks said, hey, guess what? We've got a, a built-in uh, hypothetical safeguard against uh, our loans going bad with the government, and, and we can you know, make these 
these uh, mortgage-backed securities, and you guys remember all this. So moral of the story was is that's really where the whole thing began, right around 2000. So how long – let's think about this. When did the, inter, the, the previous real estate boom end? In roughly 2007. Interesting, isn't it? I remember being on coaching calls because Julie and I have been coaching, you know, since really 1998. But I remember being on coaching calls with um, several coaching clients, many of which I'm still coaching personally now. And I remember when uh, – I remember when, <laughs> several California agents in particular, when their markets – they had like – these guys were making hundreds of thousands, if not over a million dollars a year back then. And so they had deals fall out of contract. And they had all these – and they didn't realize that a lot of the buyers that they were dealing with or a lot of the buyers that were going in contract on their listings were using subprime mortgages. And so guess what? When the subprime lenders went belly up, so did all their in contracts, so did all their pendings, and so did all their income. That began the beginning of what was the seven-year down market. So the seven-year up market began what year? 2000, let's argue, and then ended 2007. And then we were in a recessive market, or the market bust from 2007 until, I would argue, 2014. Now, of course, the news and the headlines and all the everyone wanted to talk about the fact that the real estate markets were recovering and had recovered last year. And maybe that was true in your market. And I, I think it definitely was in places like New York City and maybe Miami. But for the most of the country, the real, to, the, uh, real turn was this year. That's when it's felt consistently better. There's a lack of inventory. There's, uh, you know, all that, all that stuff that's contributing to what feels like a boom again, or at least the sellers are very much in control of the market. But what I'm here to tell you guys, it runs in cycles. So let's review. 2000 through 2007 was the boom, the previous boom. You guys have hopefully, maybe many of you were selling real estate then. I know I was coaching a lot of you guys then. So 2007 through 2014 was the bust. 2014 through, let's call it, uh, I don't know, seven to ten years. So let's call it 2000 and what, 24, you know, depending on where you are in the country. That's going to be the cycle that we're in now. We're at the very beginning stages. So don't believe me? Look at the home sales statistics. Look at the, the results that the builders are coming out with. Look at the everything. Pretty much, yes, it's a slow recovery. But again, of course, it's a slow recovery for real estate because we're at the very beginning stages. If you go back to the previous boom that really started in 99, 2000, most of the country, you're going to see, guess what? It didn't start all of a sudden. It didn't go from moderate sales to super ridiculous sales. It went slowly built up momentum and the markets improved and things got better and better. And then all of a sudden people were like, holy crap, you know, the real estate market's on fire again. I wish someone would have told me this a few years ago. I would have been, you know, maybe saving more money or I'd have been buying more properties or whatever. Okay. We're in one of those cycles again right now. Listen to your coach or in many cases, your future coach. Listen to all the coaches that, you know, we have working for us that are telling you guys the same thing. This is the start of a new real estate boom. How will it end? I really don't know. It's not, you know what, honestly, it doesn't matter. That's not your goal. Your goal and your job is not to try to be a protector of the next bust and what will bring it on. It just doesn't matter. It's, the, it's a new market. There's new rules. You know, I had a very, very fascinating coaching call with one of my great um, clients in Manhattan. And this is someone who personally makes about a million and a half per year, that's what he pays taxes on after all of his business expenses. And he was having challenges uh, having a lot of his customers 
know what to do with the, you know, frankly, a lot of these international buyers, but also a lot of his local buyers who were taking advantage, or his local sellers who are taking advantage of uh, the great market that they're having in Manhattan. And you know, we're talking about basically what they should do with the money. And you know, he's wanting the challenge isn't that he doesn't have sellers that want to sell. He does. The challenge is these sellers have so much money that they're going to be able to walk away from from the sale that will be considered profit. They just don't know with it. They know what to do with it. So we talked about 1031 delayed exchanges. We talked about the different things that they can do. But here was an interesting here's an interesting thought. Real estate right now, if you're going to live in it yourself, really is the best investment you can make. And I don't think anybody could argue against that. And I'll explain it to you why. Let's say, for example, you can lock in, and you can, a long-term and long-term 30-year mortgage at 4.5%. Now, it's widely believed that there'll be, uh, well, inflation is here. If you don't believe me, just go to Chipotle and look how much the prices of their food have increased. But the reality is, is that inflation will definitely become the conversation that's going to be on everyone's mind over the next 24 to 36 months. Inflation is the rise of the cost of things. Some people confuse that with appreciation, but the reality is, is there will be things getting more expensive. And I don't want to go into the whole explanation why it doesn't really matter, but just trust me when I tell you, things are going to be getting more expensive, including real estate. Now, guys, you should go back and listen to the interview I did with um, uh, Sean O'Toole and from uh, what was this from. Uh, Radar, let's see, foreclosure radar. No, it's called Realty. I don't know. It was an interview we did last week or the week before. Sean O'Toole, great interview. He and I talked about the inflationary effects on real estate. So here's the moral of the story. And producer, if you could find me the name uh, of the na- of uh, Sean's company, so I don't flounder it. Since it was such a great interview, I want to make sure these guys know what the name of his company is. So please look that up and maybe jump on the show and remind me. Okay, so uh, let's talk about inflation. What's going to happen? And this is going to happen starting in you know, who knows when, but sometime soon, is the cost of everything is going to start increasing. You're already seeing it in your grocery bill, but you're going to start seeing it in other things as well. You're going to start seeing it in fuel prices. You're going to start seeing it in the cost of clothes. You're going to start seeing it literally everywhere you go. You're going to see the increasing cost of things, including real estate. Now, what does that mean? No one knows for sure what the inflation rate is going to be during a hyperinflation, if there even is going to be such a thing. I don't think there's going to be. But normal inflation rates are about 3% per year. When I sold and Julie sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio, it was normal for your house to quote-unquote appreciate every year by 3%. But the reality of it was it was not appreciating. It was just increasing with the rate of inflation. So sure, your you know, $300,000 house was worth 309 but there wasn't really any benefit, not really, in terms of the $9,000, because everything else went up too. So it was almost like a wash. It would be the difference between, say, for example, if you bought a $300,000 house, and let's say it appreciated by, say, you know, 10%, and all of a sudden it was worth, worth 330 But everything else that you normally were to buy, cars, food, clothes, and whatnot, and only appreciated by 3%, well, then you would actually feel the difference in the added you know, assuming you sold the house, you'd actually feel the difference in the added um, value, right? You follow me on that? But like in most of the country, in markets like where Julie and I sold real estate, a 3% rate of inflation was commensurate with the rate of appreciation. They're virtually the same. Okay, Is everyone following me here, at least getting the broad strokes? Now, what's going to happen is that 
there's going to be a time of inflation that's going to last really probably two to three years, and I'm guessing it's going to start. I'm guessing it's going to start in two to three years, if not sooner, where people are going to start talking about it. It's going to be really obvious. Your home prices will increase. Now, the cool thing is, from a real estate agent's perspective, when your home prices increase because of inflation, so are your commissions. So the nice thing about doing what we do, guys, is that when inflation kicks in, unlike a lot of folks, a lot of folks who are stuck in jobs, like if you're at a job where basically you know you get fifty thousand dollars per year and that's your salary, and every year you get you know some sort of bonus and whatnot, well it's very likely if inflation really kicks in in earnest, like it's being it, like it's expected to, your buying power of your fifty thousand dollars per year will actually decrease. Unlike real estate agents. If you're used to selling, you know, 25 houses per year and you're used to making, say, $500,000 from those 25 uh, houses per year, but all your houses that you've been selling, let's say you just keep on selling the same 25, but all the houses because of inflation are now selling for 10% more and you're getting your normal 3% or whatever percent of that, well, guess what? You've gotten a nice little raise for really not doing anything extra. You're just doing the same amount of work. So that's kind of nice. Now, the other thing is, is during a time of inflation, uh, a lot of folks that are underwater in their houses will not be underwater anymore because of the fact that the value of the house is now basically in alignment with the you know mortgage balance. So that's another little side benefit of inflation. Now, the pisser of inflation is is that if those folks who were not able to have their wages increased, who are now feeling their buying power really getting sucked away because of inflationary time, and that is typically what happens. Those folks are not going to be able to buy a house because the other thing that happens in inflation is, uh, you know, one of the surefire signs is that interest rates increase. And interest rates increase to slow down the velocity of money to make it so that basically, you know, the, there's less money being spent. So things can kind of slow, the economy can kind of adjust back to our normal state. We are entering in to one of those periods that's going to start in the next, say, three to five years. So back to this coaching call I was having with this great client in Manhattan. We were talking about different places to put your money, and you know, I was suggesting that he use the whole conversation that we're having now as a uh, selling tool, frankly, to help some of his very rich clients understand the benefits of owning their own home. I mean, you would think this wouldn't be a conversation they'd have to have, but in all price ranges, people are questioning you know, what to do with money because this is just such an extraordinary time. So here's the theory. If you can lock in a long-term interest rate at 4.5%, let's say you buy, I'll just pick a you know, crazy number. Let's, well, actually, let me pick a realistic number. Let's say you buy a $400,000 property, and you can lock in a long-term interest rate of, say, 4.5%. If you figure out that it, during a time of inflation, let's say, again, in a normal inflationary world, the house would inflate or increase in value by 3%, let's say there's inflation that kicks in, and your inflationary rate is actually six, seven, eight percent, as is predicted, if not more. When that happens, essentially, you're getting the house for free because the house is going to inflate per year enough that it's going to more than cover the cost of the interest that you're paying on the mortgage. It's actually what it's going to do is you'll not, not only cover the cost of the loan, but you're actually going to have money in excess of the loan. You know, it's paper money. It's all tied up in the house. But that's how it actually works. It's very interesting, isn't it? So uh, Tim just reminded me, it's Sean O'Toole from Property Radar. So bottom line, guys, is you guys have to understand and appreciate the direction the market's headed so that you can be gearing yourself towards what's coming. Remember, we're in the very beginning stages of what's going to be a 7- to 10-year real estate boom. How do you apply this to your real estate business now? 
Bottom line, if you don't own a home, if you're renting personally, go buy a home. There'll never be a better investment, never be a better time to buy than, you know, arguably right now, maybe for the next 12 months. A lot of you, I know, were, are still rebuilding your finances after the bust, and I get that. But it, if you can figure out how to get yourself into a long-term mortgage, you know, at 4.5% and go buy a home, that will probably be the best investment you're going to be able to make in your life. I know people have always said that, and it's always in varying levels been true, but it's never been more true than it is right now. So go buy a home if you don't own one personally. Um, all your clients, all your buyers, explain the same thing to them and help them to understand the importance of locking in a long-term interest rate and basically having uh, their own home. You'll always need a place to live. You'll always have a housing expense, and there'll never be a better time than now. If interest rates rise, the conversation is going to be completely different. But right now, while the rates are still low, right at we know we're basically looking at the mountain of inflation that's going to be coming up. We, it's not... It is unavoidable at this point. We are all going to have to suffer through that corrective time in the economy, um, but that is going to inflate real estate values. That is, assuming you're you know, actively buying and selling real estate, is going to give you a nice little increase in pay. You are going to see your cost of everything increase, but the reality of it is, is you should all be making a lot more money during the time of inflation. How do you make money right now? The fact is, also, if you have the ability to lock, term, lock in long-term interest rates, uh, buy more rental properties. Absolutely buy more rental properties. Don't over-leverage yourself. Make sure you're putting down substantial down payments. And absolutely buy more rental properties. Hey, guess what, guys? Don't you think that's one of the reasons all the hedge funds are buying rental properties? They know this is coming. They're expecting this to happen. You know, I put a blog post about this, a video of one of the richest guys in the world. Uh, billionaire, you know, and he was talking about this very subject. It's on realestateinsidernews.com. How do you leverage this going forward once inflation really kicks in, once interest rates rise, and then people start, you know, questioning whether or not they can afford a house because the interest rates are going to make the payments in often cases, you know, maybe even the same if not more than they're paying in rent. Well, that's when things get tricky, and that's when you're going to have to learn how to do alternative financing land leases, owner financing, you know, getting the sellers to hold second mortgages. But that's a conversation you and I will be having, uh, hopefully not too soon, but probably in the next three to four years. That's how the market works, guys. It cycles. So understand that we're going to have plenty of headwinds as we go through this next corrective cycle and we are experiencing this boom. But during this time of change, the way you ultimately make money, it's the only Wayne, Wayne Gretzky quote, right? So he always said, you know, people would ask Wayne, you guys have hopefully heard this. You know, Wayne, you're not the fastest, you're not the biggest, you're not this, you're not that, and yet you're considered the greatest. So why is it that you're considered the greatest? And, you know, as the story goes, Wayne Gretzky kind of leaned back in his chair and said, well, the fact is all the other skaters skate to where the puck is, and I skate to where the puck is going to be. That's what we focus on in our coaching and our training. It's teaching you guys where the puck is going to be and doing our best to position you for that new market. Everybody is right now, what's the big hypey thing right now? Buying buyer leads. How long have we been telling you that buying buyer leads is stupid? What, two years now? And yet, how many people are buying buyer leads? How many, are you buying buyer leads? Well, it was just last week that I heard Gary Keller came out and said, hey, guess what? Buying buyer leads is not a smart thing to be doing because, just as we've been saying for the past couple of years, 
buying, you know, buyers now don't just go to one website, you know. They're not just going to Realtor.com. Back in 96, 97, when Realtor.com came out, buyers, if you want to search for a house online, you just went to Realtor.com. Not anymore. A buyer goes to Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia, maybe an agent's website, a broker's website, and they're all filling out forms to get the MLS data. They're all, you know, so what happens is that buyer lead that you're paying for from Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, or wherever else, that same buyer lead is being sold to, what, dozens of other realtors. So it's called oversaturation, and that translates to the fact that your buyer leads are going to be greatly diminished in terms of the quality. A lot of you guys know that, so I'm telling you where the puck is going to be, and it's not there. Buying buyer leads is no longer going to work. And if you think that you're going to be able to make the most of this new real estate recovery buying buyer leads, chances are right now you're very frustrated with the results that you're getting. You need to request a free coaching call. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and let us help you position yourself and be where the puck is going to be so you can take advantage of this new real estate recovery. Hey, guys, do this for me, would you? Understand that the definition of rich. Understand what it is. You know, yeah, there's the family rich and there's spiritual rich and there's all those other types of things. But I'm your business coach, and so I'm going to give you a very, you know, a concrete definition of rich. And here it is. Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. You should remember that. It's very simple. It doesn't get any more, you know, simple than that. Money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. Use this real estate boom to make it so that seven to ten years from now, when there's another bust, you don't care. You know, I had this great coaching client in Hawaii. And this guy, basically what he does is when the real estate market crashes, he gets back in the real estate market because all the other realtors run for the hills. You know, we don't, they don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. So he jumps in. When the distressed real estate kicks in, he makes a fortune, and then he literally will take years off and just puddle around and do nothing but his hobbies. Well, he did it in this last cycle, too. So he got in, made a fortune, got out. And now he's going to take the next seven to ten years off and do whatever the heck he wants to do. Others of you are just the opposite. You're coming back to the real estate market, having done something else during the crash. And now that there's a new boom, you're trying to take advantage of what's out there. And you know what? Go for it. Because in this market, where there's this kind of changes happening, where there's you know all the wonderful things that are, frankly, cre- uh, being created in real estate, I'm excited about the echo generation. I'm excited about the fact that interest rates are still low. I'm excited about all the new construction opportunities. I'm really excited about all the new agents that are getting into the industry that have never been in real estate before, that are coming to the real estate industry with really diverse, interesting backgrounds. I'm coaching folks now that have backgrounds in, like, I mean, just crazy. People that you'll know that are celebrities that used to be on TV. We have people that are, you know, used to be on Wall Street that got sick of basically working in the hedge funds. We have people that were uh, pilots, lots of pilots for some reason they like us, lots of, you know, just different things. And those folks are coming to the industry with really cool backgrounds and understanding how business is supposed to work, and they are making a fortune. They are making a fortune because of the fact that they realize that this is a business with really, truly unlimited opportunity to succeed. But if you don't have a plan, then it also gives you really, truly unprecedented opportunity to fail too, doesn't it? So keep your minds open to what this real estate market is all about and what it has to offer you. 
And remember, if you guys need a free coaching call, just request one, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. I have a really great radio show planned for you tomorrow, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm trying to – actually, I wrote down two topics for tomorrow. You know what? Here's, here's the one I was going to share with you. A lot of you guys have wanted to emulate the top producers, and you're trying to encapsulate in your mind what it is basically that makes them so special. So I wrote down five points um, that really basically coalesce what exactly it takes to be a top producing agent, and we'll be sharing with those, those points with you tomorrow. In the meantime, if you need a free coaching call, please go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.